Em, can you believe we are in our third season of Interview Boss? Not really. It's crazy. But that means there are over 90 episodes we've made. (gasps) Oh my God. Scrolling through all of our episode titles, you might miss an episode that actually is exactly what you're looking for. Yes, we get so many messages of people asking us to do an episode on something and we're like, we already have. So we've put together playlists to help you find the episodes that are best suited to you. If you're applying for jobs, we have episodes about resumes, cover letters and job ads. If you've been offered your dream job, we have episodes on resigning, exit interviews and how to impress at your new company. Yes, and we even have a playlist for if you have an interview like tomorrow and you need just our most recommended episodes, just the ones you really need between now and then. Exactly. It is all there for you. You can browse by category. Check out the playlist at www.interviewboss.com.au forward slash podcast. This person had posted saying, we get a lot of people who are scared about the ATS and you don't need to be scared about it and here's what it really does. And I was like, they're scared because of you. They're scared because of you. Hey everyone and welcome back to Interview Boss. My name is Emma and I'm a radio journalist who's teamed up with my sister to give you advice, inspiration and support when you're looking for a new job. Sarah is a HR and recruitment professional and together we're excited to give you all the tips, tricks and behind the scenes knowledge to help you in your career. Hello. Hello. You did it the traditional way. Is that because we got that message that said that it was really reassuring to hear the same intro every Every time? Well, no, we put up a poll on Spotify and two people responded. One said, no, don't change it. It's so comforting, like a TV show intro, like, you know, it's going to be the same. Yeah. But then another person commented and went, yeah, change it up with like a oh, no. sweating emoji. And I was like, ah, conflicted. So I'll just keep the people happy and every second episode I'll change it up. <laughs> but maybe it needs a full rewrite. Maybe we should like probably actually, does. well, look, we will consider that. If you haven't worked out by the title already, this is our season finale episode. So a bit of a disclaimer, if you're panicking and you've got a job interview or there's something you need advice, you're in like practical mode only, probably maybe not the episode for you right now. Yes, yeah, skip this. But if you love us, you're ready to, you know, round out the year with us, have a laugh, This is the episode for you. Yep, exactly. And I also think even if you are still looking for that right job, a lot of things, unfortunately, they just, they close down over the end of the year. Slow down. Yep. Jobs stop getting posted. You know, there's still definitely hiring happening, but most companies start to wind down, go on their shutdown. And it'll be the kind of thing where it's have a break, disconnect from the horrible job search and have a look reset in Jan. And so that's kind of what we're going to do as well. This is our last episode of the season for the year. And we're going to have a little break as well. And we will be back in Jan, but we thought we'd finish off the season with a bang. And so a bit of a different episode. We don't even have a shout out this one because this is just... No, we've axed it just for this week. But yeah, on that note, of Sarah saying that, you know, things often pick up in the new year. We will be back and better than ever in the new year, ready to help you with your new year, new me, energy, new job, search goals. So hang on in there, but take a break. This episode was actually meant to come out last week, but in true 
end of year fuckery. Uh, what happened? You were sick. Oh my God. I was so sick. I had a few people who booked in for coaching sessions and I couldn't do them because I had a cough that meant that if I talked for like more than 10 minutes, I would have one of those coughing attacks, you know, where it starts as like a little like, <laughs> and then you can't get rid of it and you're like dying and there's nothing you can do to fix that. You have to like and leave the room. one thing about coughing is if you're trying to contain that shit, it's going to get angrier. It's like when you're in an exam or like during COVID when coughing was frowned upon, you'd like in the supermarket, you'd try to get rid of it and then you just, oh, <laughs> you, you have to let the cough cough. I know. Or you have to relax actually. Yeah. I think it's when you panic, it makes it worse. <laughs> you have to just like, it's okay to cough and then it will just go away a little bit. I wanted us to, you know, still press on if we could, you know, charge <laughs> home. And so I messaged Sarah and I said, how are you feeling? And she's like, mm, not great. And I'm like, how's the voice? And she's like, I said, I feel mm. okay, but I, like I'm coughing. And I was like, well, we can just pause. And like, you said, we can try. And I was like, oh yeah, okay, we can do that. And I was like, how's the voice sound? And you were like, not great. And then she sent me a voice memo and she was like, <laughs> testing <laughs> Sarah and Emma. And I just was like, mm, don't love that. Being the audio queen that I am, the industry I work in, I was like, I don't love don't that. Don't love that. <laughs> That's not going to work for me. I can't put the listeners through that terrible audio. What happens when you have a croaky voice like that? It's awful. I sound like shit and get sent home. Also, I have to throw it out there that you don't have the best set of health issues for someone whose voice is very important. No, no. I get sinus infections all the time. I used to get tonsillitis all the time. Then I got my tonsils taken out and that whole upper head congestion Do you know voice what I always is- think about when you were getting your tonsils taken out and you were telling me about it and you were like, well, the thing is, is that sometimes it doesn't even help that much, but like you know, I have to get them taken out. I'm so excited. And then you were like, do you know what I read the other day? Sometimes they can grow back. And you were like, imagine I go through all of this and they fucking grow back. (laughs) I'm so repulsed by the thought of that. But you know what? This is really rogue and random. But to any other tonsillitis sufferers out there, be warned, you'll get them out and it will be the best thing you ever do. But for me, the infection germs illness just went, oh, no more tonsils, all good. We'll go up your nose. And then I started getting recurrent sinus infections. So love that for me. And you still have to pluck gross stuff out of the back of your throat. Ew, people don't need to know that. (laughs) Hey, this is an end of year episode. This is not our normal listeners. This is people needing entertainment, bit of a break, lighthearted. So normally our episodes are planned and a little bit structured by me, but this time- Emma's taken the reins. She's Santa Claus. She's taken over. She's guiding the sleigh tonight. And I thought, what better way to round out the end of the year than to air our grievances? (laughs) And we're going to air a lot of grievances. We're going to air our personal grievances about what it's like to run a podcast with each other. Then we're going to air wider grievances about, you know, the state of the world, things that have been annoying us lately. And then we're going to air grievances of the worst job advice out there that we've seen because Sarah put a post on our Instagram not long ago saying like, I'm so frustrated. There's such bad advice out there. I've had a hard week reading really bad things. Anyway, I'm going to keep doing my thing, blah, blah, blah. And a couple of people were like, what's the bad advice? So they know what to steer clear of. So this isn't going to be a big how-to. It's just going to be like, we're going to laugh at the things people have said. 
Yes. It's not that and serious. I feel like we should explain, like, what's the airing of the grievances? It comes from Festivus, which I think, like, I don't think was made up by Seinfeld, but it was made popular. It's from a Seinfeld episode where they do Festivus as like a non-denominational holiday instead of Christmas. And one of the activities is the airing of the grievances. And it's kind of caught on in our family Christmases. <laughs> we air grievances, tongue-in-cheek grievances around the table. So we're going to do a little bit of that. So what's first, Em? What grievances are we airing first? Which category? Well, personal grievances. But before that, I just wanted to give you all some fun facts about Sarah. And she's welcome to give some about me because I feel like for some of you, we're in your ears for like 20 hours a week or something. You know, that's a lot. I feel like the least we could do is provide you with some more information. You obviously know I'm a journalist. Sarah is a HR. I had to pause and think about that. HR queen. That's why we are here right now. But I don't really know what other information we've dribbed and drabbed to you in that time. So I would just like to let everyone know that one thing about Sarah is she's a gadget girly. If there's a gadget out there that can simplify her life, she's going to get it, God damn it, and she's going to tell everyone about it. In the background of this video at the moment, you can see my under-desk treadmill that's right there. <laughs> Oh my God, that doesn't even scratch the surface, you guys. So notably, she has a robot vacuum, which that doesn't top the list because I get it. A lot of people have them. They're very smart, like all for it. If I could afford one, I would get one. I don't think I have that many gadgets, but I'm interested in what this list that you've... When she... I'm just making these up off the top of my head. I haven't even pre-prepared. This is just how much gadget MO I have to talk about you. When she moved recently and all the times before that, she found a company that will drop off moving boxes, but they're not just cardboard boxes. They're like big plastic, sturdy crates. You move with them and then they come and pick them up off you. And they're cheaper than cardboard boxes. Okay. This isn't sponsored by them. We're not going to plug them. <laughs> it's not a brand or anything. I think there's multiple different brands of them, but highly recommend. Like if you're moving, look into that. Who has ever heard of that? Are you kidding? And she's just like, yeah, I know a company. And then it's like on her doorstep. <laughs> she also is obsessed with Milk Run, which may not be that revolutionary. That's just a delivery. But how would you describe that? Well, I think in the US they'd have like DoorDash, but I think in DoorDash you like can just tell them to go and get anything, whereas this is like run by a major grocery chain in Australia. And it used to be started up as a little startup and then it went under and then it was bought by Woolworths. So she will sit on her lounge and be like, oh, I'm going to cook risotto tonight, order all the ingredients and it'll be at her doorstep in 30 minutes. I have to say like one of my peak adulting, like I'm winning at life moments is when I'm sitting on my courtyard drinking a cup of tea. I've just had breakfast. I've got my groceries being done for me and going to be delivered shortly while my robot vacuum vacuums the house and I've got a load of laundry running. And I'm like, I am achieving all the tasks. You've cheated the system. The you have. Yeah. Oh, how could I forget this? So you'll go to Sarah's house and you'll be sitting on the lounge and everything is two steps away, but she'll go, Alexa, dim the lights. And she'll go, Alexa, turn on the heater. Alexa, 
And you can also put them on timers. I put my Christmas tree on a timer so I can tell Alexa to, Alexa, turn on the Christmas tree and you can put it on a timer so it just comes on at sunset. I know a lot of people have Alexa and it's not that uncommon, but what is ridiculous is the sheer amount. For some people, that's probably the only gadgetized thing in their life is Alexa, but the Alexa is just a drop in the ocean of Sarah's gadgets. And then the last time I came over to Sarah's house, she's like, ooh, I got a new toy you want to see? And I'm just like taking the piss out of her because I'm like, oh my God, what now? And she whips out this electronic goggle looking ski mask that rubs your eyeballs, heats up, purrs, plays me like just the most ridiculous gadget I've ever seen. Did I put it on and did I love it? Yes. But is it also the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen? Yes. So yeah, one thing about Sarah is she's going to outsource and she's going to find a gadget to do the niche thing in her life. Well, the thing is, is that actually most of my life can be explained by the fact that I am lazy. Lazy girl. And, and if there's a way for me to just like not do the thing myself and like automate it, fix it, like it's not about like getting out of it or not doing it. It's like, how do I make this thing that I don't want to do much, much easier? 100% all day long. Another thing about Sarah is she's a classic older sister, elder sister energy. (laughs) She wants you to do everything her way. When I came over, I was like, oh, do you have any nail polish? I might just paint my toes. And she's like, do I? And she whips out a whole ass (laughs) container that has every tool you've ever seen. And me being the rough nut I am that just doesn't care to spend any time on a task like that. I'm just ready to slap some polish on there. Sarah's like, stop, what are you doing? You've got to prime. You've got to use the scraper. You've, and she takes over and she becomes the project manager. Well, I'm like, you've got to push your cuticles back. You were just going to paint over your cuticles and then you're yes. like, it's no point painting your nails because like it'll oh just Oh my God, off. she intervenes. She becomes the project manager. She's like, right, now this, now buff, now, and it becomes, and I'm like, oh my God. You, were gonna <laughs> do, you weren't going to do a base coat. And the thing is that if you put very dark colored nail polish on your toes, I've been there. I've learned these lessons. I'm saving you. I'm just, it's, I don't and care. I know you, you wouldn't take it off straight away. You would leave it on no. there for weeks and weeks and weeks. And it stains your toenails. And even when you take it off, they're like slightly blue or something. It's gross. Yes. That's me. I leave my toenail polish on until it just magically isn't there anymore. That's why we had to prep properly and put a base coat and then a top coat on. She's a researcher. She is a researcher through and through, which is half the reason this podcast exists because she is the researcher. I've got something to mention later that relates to that. (laughs) Bookmark that. (laughs) If we're going to run a fun run, which we did recently, she's researching. What do people wear running? What's the most efficient bum bag? What do you need at the halfway point? She's like, right, texting me. I'm going to go buy some lollies and put them in individual snap lock bags. I've read that you need these kind of socks. No, you did that. Did I do the lollies? Maybe. You did but, that and then I was like, oh, I should get some lollies too. You gave me that idea. Well, I just mean if there's any scenario that's new territory for you, you're coming in with knowledge. <laughs> you love your knowledge. You do not want to rock up unprepared for anything. No, I don't. I even went to Vinny's and got us jumpers that we could wear because it's cold in the morning and then you can like leave them at the starting line and for City to Surf in Sydney, they actually have like a donation van that comes around and collects all the discarded things and it goes back to 
Vinny. So essentially, like you're not like littering. They will actually go and collect them and basically take them back to where you bought them from. So I got us all jumpers and we were toasty warm on the way there. Anyway, I just thought everyone should know that for a bit more context about Sarah, researching and gadget queen. Mm. Well, you've learnt a little fun fact about Emma is that she doesn't have any tonsils. That's true. (laughs) And that Emma has, what is it, a nickel allergy, a very specific random metal allergy. I feel like I used to be the sick kid in the family, but actually I think that that's you, Em. I'm sorry. I think really you've taken the cake on that one. I I wear that badge. Oh, I forgot Sarah. Yeah, Sarah's a celiac. She can't have any gluten. Yep, gluten-free over here. She's a weak link in that sense. A crumb could literally set her off. Except you don't eat dairy. So us going out to eat as a family with one sister vegetarian, you know dairy, me celiac, like it's just not fun for anyone. I've honestly accepted that anytime we go out as a family, it's not going to be an enjoyable restaurant experience because we really can't share food. But I do like having you as an ally, as a fellow needy meal person, because if, you know, Oh, here's a grievance. Here is a grievance. <laughs> Whenever anyone wants to just catch up but it be chill, they're like, we can just like grab some pizzas or something. And I'm like, I don't eat cheese, okay? I don't like it. I'm lactose intolerant. Even if I could eat it, I'm not into it. it smells weird. I'm just not about it. I know that's hard to believe. But no one ever wants to get a cheese-free pizza. And I know it sounds awful, but if you load it with toppings and there's sauce, it honestly, it's not like a dry, disgusting thing. It's delicious. Yeah, but here's the difference between you and I. I would never encourage anyone to eat a gluten-free pizza. I'd be like, I will have my own. Trust me, you don't want any. But I will link up with you and be like, I'll eat a gluten-free pizza if we can get no cheese on it and then we can split it. And we have done that on occasion. I don't know if I've ever eaten a cheeseless pizza. You definitely have. Well, I'll throw in a grievance then that's related to food stuff. Look, I really love when people think about you and cater for you and it's really, it's so nice of them, right? To be like, oh, Sarah, we knew you were coming so we got X, Y, Z. It's so nice. Don't get me wrong. But (laughs) a lot of gluten-free food is terrible. Some of it's really great and a lot of food is just happens to be gluten-free, like it just naturally anyway. So I can eat a lot of regular things. But then you end up in a situation where you kind of have to eat the thing that they've specially bought for you, even though you look at it and it's like, oh, you've got the home brand gluten-free biscuits that taste like cardboard. And you're like, oh, thank you so much. And like, oh, take them home with you. and Or like, oh, it's a gluten-free wrap of like, again, the brand that when you fold them, they crack because they don't even actually wrap properly and you have to eat it. Sometimes I would prefer that people just didn't go out of their way because then this guilt and expectation and you have to eat the thing that they provided and it's a lot of pressure. Or people observe because you've got the special meal, people can then tell exactly how much you have or have not eaten. Mm, they're keeping tabs on you. They're yeah, like, whereas it'd be you so, want another bite? You didn't so like it? easy to kind of like, fly under the radar. Like let's say you went to someone's house and you were having a meal or whatever and you weren't that hungry. It's pretty easy if you're all eating the same thing to like kind of fly under the radar or like only serve yourself Smush a little it around bit on or, your plate. Yeah. yeah. But if you've got the special meal that's only been created for you, that's a lot harder. And then you have to answer questions about like, oh, was it no good? And you're like, oh, I just I don't want to have a conversation about it. How much I've eaten, it's just not a topic of conversation that I really want to discuss. So shout out to anyone who's in that position. If you know, you know, like the whole having an intolerance or a 
something that means you can't eat certain foods is a whole grief process and changes your relationship with food forever. On the nickel note, I've actually diagnosed a couple of nickel people with a nickel allergy because they've come up to me and they've been itching where their watch goes. In it's, it's normally in a circle in the shape of the watch. And they're like, oh, I'm so itchy. And I just looked at them and went, you have a nickel allergy. And they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, look it up. So if you get a rash where your watch goes or a belt buckle goes or earrings go, you probably have a nickel allergy. Or around your mouth, you can get a nickel allergy from forks. You can. I found this out because I used to have really bad mouth eczema. Actually, for the past year, it's been great. Also, people in the US say eczema. (laughs) (laughs) And I hate it. We say eczema, like E-X-M-A, eczema. But I had really bad, yeah, went to all these dermatologists. It's been good lately, but used to be so bad. So I went and got a dermatologist like patch testing on my back where they put all the common allergens in products and everything. And the top thing that came back was nickel and cobalt. 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 Cobalt, um, which is like two metals. So, yeah, apparently. Aren't you allergic to the like the buckles on your Burks? Yeah. When I, in summer, I get rashes along my feet from where the metal buckle on my Birkenstocks has been <laughs> wet and rubbing on my feet. So, oh, cute. And like canned food. Like, isn't there all these things that you have to like have a low nickel diet? Yeah. I don't really follow it too intently. I think from my research, it's sort of like a a bucket, if you will. You can handle incidental daily, but if that bucket overflows, it sort of will send you off into a rash. So. And is it worse as well when like your feet are wet and then you put your Burks on, for example? Yeah. Yeah. So you can just easily kind of like, I imagine it's something to do with like your skin barrier. If like it's wet or you're burnt or you're dry or sunburnt or something, then you're more likely to have a reaction. I imagine that would have something to do with it. Great. Well, there's some fun facts. Yeah. Fun facts. All right. On to personal grievances about running this podcast together. Hey, Job Hunters. Big news. Our all new course, Interview Academy, is live and ready to transform your interview game. It's all the strategies from Sarah's one-on-one coaching, but without the limited time slots. Yep. It takes you step by step by step through crafting your career story, coming up with your awesome best bits and all the practice you need. And guess what? It's at a special launch price, never to be seen again. Get more information at interviewboss.com.au forward slash interview dash academy. It's linked in the show notes below. Who wants to go first? (laughs) You go first. Okay. All right. I'll start off. I'll ease in. So I'll start off (laughs) less serious. We have to be careful with this because if you're listening and you have sisters, you know that like... (laughs) This could really get into quite the argument. <laughs> We're going to stay friends after this. It's all in good fun. Yeah, but that's... of the grievances. Of course we stay friends. That's how sisters work. You have a screaming match and then the next day you're like, do you want to see a movie? Yeah. Grievance number one is that every single time we record, every single time, you'll text me and say, can you get a shoot your shot? Even though that is my job. We both know that I'm going to do that every time. And you still ask me and then it pisses me off because I was already going to get it. So the shoot your shot segment, I have to find someone that I want to pick for that. And it's just an unsung rule. I do it every single time and I have done for a very long time. So when I'm already doing it and then it goes, ping, can you get a shoot your shot? I'm like, (laughs) so 
That's my grievance okay, number one. Great. I'm not going to rebut. I'm just going to accept. Okay. Great. I don't want to get into a... So noble of you. Well, this could go on for quite some time. I'm just going to have a different grievance for you instead. Okay. Right. Great. Now, well, the first one will be I'll keep on the same kind of theme. You make me be the general manager in terms of scheduling things. So... That means that if we can't record for whatever reason, if I don't work out what day we'll make it up, then it won't get made up. I disagree. I texted tonight and said, can we do it at six? Because I was like, otherwise it'll get late. I don't want to miss it. You sure have lots of thoughts on when you would prefer to record. (laughs) I disagree. But you're not thinking about in advance, in ahead of like, what does this mean for us? What are the implications? What are the other days? What are we going to do? So it feels like I have the mental load of those things, which is probably why I then (laughs) make sure that you're doing your bit every time. That's No, I completely rebut that entirely. You should accept the grievance as I accepted your grievance. No, not accepting (laughs) it. I don't want to play no. anymore. No. No. <laughs> no. I think Haley, we're great. You'll be like, I've got netball. And I'm like, okay, what about Sunday? Or we could do two Monday. I, yeah, no. Okay, I have one final one. I think this should probably wrap out the personal grievances because we need to turn our attention to someone else or, or this podcast won't come back next season. Look, I'm not claiming that this is your fault at all. Okay. But I'm just putting a grievance out there that, Eight out of ten times that there is a tech problem, it's you, not me. (laughs) I will accept this. (laughs) And I don't know whether you just are very unlucky, whether you have like magical energy around you that makes things break, but it's always your technology that breaks. No, I accept. I accept. And you are also not as good at fixing it, so then I've somehow got to fix it remotely for you Oh uh, my god. It but you're a researcher. Out. You're into that. That's your strong suit. I have one more to round it out. Oh. When we'll be in a social gathering or a family catch up or something and someone will say <laughs> ask something about the podcast like you know they don't know much about how it works so they'll be like oh like who does the editing or who does this or I don't know who books this and Sarah will go with a smug look on her face me. Emma's just the talent and that is just so rude because you're publicly putting me down and simmering everything I do to just being talent. And while there is a lot of truth that you (laughs) do most of the work, you don't need to publicly make out as if all I do is come up and laugh. I contribute way more to this podcast. Context, what I mean by that is... This podcast, and I'm sure our listeners, please write us messages, this podcast would not exist or be popular or even listenable without me. So I really, really, really mean that when I say that you are the talent. But what that sounds like to regular people who don't know about it. think about Mariah Carey. She doesn't do the fucking background shit. She just rolls in and sings. Like (laughs) that's what I'm saying. But to regular people that aren't in the lingo and the no, the talent sounds like she rocks up, she makes a joke and leaves. And that's just... Because they all think that, oh, Emma's radio, she must produce the whole thing and do all the editing and do all the blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, 
Well, yeah, no. to be fair, we have an editor. It's not like you do that. So shout out to Cyril, who's amazing. Yeah, I know. But before Cyril did it, who did it before him? <gasps> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> my grievance is that that just fell off. Your sign just fell off. Okay, back to what we're saying. The talent. Yes, I understand what you're saying. But in the moment, it feels like you're invalidating me and what I bring to the show. Maybe you could tack on, she's the talent and I couldn't do it without her, you know? Something else. Okay. Accepted. Thank you. I'm trying not to rebut these. So what's our next topic? Who are we grievancing again? Grievances about the wider state of the world, the job market, you know, things that are just annoying you in this life. Well, one's top of mind really People who say that, like, HR is the enemy, HR's not your friend, just general HR hate out there. And honestly, this is one of the reasons that, like, I'm just not that interested in being on TikTok. I love TikTok as a user, but it's just because it comes up in front of people who have no interest in your content. They get, like, personally offended that they've had to see your bit of content and then they decide to put in their two cents. It's got nothing to do with the video. And it just, Ordinarily, when it's someone else's content, it's very entertaining, except that there's so much hate out there about HR and there's so much misconception about recruitment stuff that people who are listening to this, you've searched up somewhere or you've heard from a friend, you are a serious person who cares. And so you want what we have to share. If you're a random person on TikTok, you're not looking for serious job search advice. And so when it pops up, it's like you're less likely to be the kind of person who is actually going to find it useful. And the whole idea that like HR is not your friend, they're out to get you, blah, blah, blah. Like, first of all, who said they were? Who is your friend at work? In what universe in a corporate world is like somebody meant to be out for your best interests? Like no one. I don't know who is out there saying that HR is your friend, but like in that sense, well, we're not meant to be. We are absolutely employee advocates But that doesn't mean that if you did something wrong that I'm going to be looking out for you and not the company. I think a lot of people also get confused about the level of power that we actually have. We're the scapegoats. We're the people who have to deliver the message to tell them that you're being made redundant or you're being let go. You're still at the mercy of big CEOs that go, nah, don't like it. Do it that way. Mostly the person's manager. Do you think that I personally hunted you down and decided that I didn't like the look of you and I was going to get rid of you? Like... I have nothing to do with anyone in the business. It's when the manager comes to me and is like, I need to get rid of them. What are we going to do? And then I go, well, have you actually talked to them about it? It's very unfair for you to just get rid of someone without warning them first. But then imagine this. I just want you to consider this situation. Imagine a scenario where I said to them, no, you're not allowed to fire them. Right. Well, what do you think that manager is going to do if I've just told them no? Are they going to listen to me? Or are they going to go above me? Or are they going to do it anyway? Or are they going to go knock, knock, knock on the CEO's door and say, hey, I've got this person who's not doing their job and it's, you know, this, 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 all these impacts and blah, blah, blah. And Sarah said, I'm not allowed to get rid of them. What do you think is going to happen then? <laughs> do you think that Sarah gets to choose what happens next? Like, no. The top dog will decide. Exactly. Except that I'm the one that has to deliver the message and managers blame us and It's very disheartening, honestly. If anyone else out there listening is in HR, like to spend your entire day doing things like thinking about 
how you plan the Christmas party so that everyone can come and you're thinking about how people from you know different places are going to be able to travel and stay in accommodation to get there and how you're going to make sure you cater for everyone's dietaries. And then you're also thinking about, okay, you've got this system launch, you're writing some training to make sure that everybody knows how to use it. You're writing an employee communication so that it doesn't come across so blunt like the general manager wanted it to and you're trying to soften you know how are we going to explain this to people give them more background information so that you can be more transparent as a company and then you go online and you hear people saying like hr doesn't care and they're all evil it's like wow i just like why am i even here Rude. <laughs> yeah it's really rough and if you're curious as to what goes on behind the scenes in HR, there's a really cool podcast that's just popped up. Shout out to these guys. They are actually like, you know, TikTok HR people who started a podcast. It's called HR Besties and they've got some really awesome, awesome podcasts. They're only brand new, but about what goes on behind the scenes, common misconceptions. If you want to see how HR people talk and really think and like, not me, don't take my word for it. These are US, mostly HR practitioners, go and listen to them if you want to see how it actually works behind the scenes. And like, can you just do me a favor and next time someone says something bad about HR, can you just call them out? Because it's just, do you know how it feels to be at a Christmas party that you fucking planned down to the last detail and you walk over to someone, do you want to like celebrate the end of the year with them? And they go, oh, can't have fun. HR's coming. You're like, I'm a person. Now that I think about that, our workplace makes so many jokes like that to oh, our HR person. It's awful. It's awful. I'm like, I'm a social person who spent my weekend at a festival. Like, I have a social life. I'm a fun person. Actually, HR people are probably the most fun. God damn it. I'm a lot of fun. Okay, next grievance. Too long of a grievance. This isn't a HR podcast. Okay, my next grievance. This is not job related. The absolute lack of self-awareness of people in grocery aisles. Oh, my God. Lately, I have actually stood like this and stared at someone wondering what is going on inside your head. Like, okay, grocery aisles are small, all right, and when there's like two trolleys, you know, you kind of wait and if someone's looking, you sort of get out of the way, let the trolley go. Like there's just a system of smooth operating. So many times recently when I've gone shopping, grocery shopping, there will be someone standing in the direct way in the middle looking like <laughs> and there's six trolleys queued up on either side of this person and they are just standing there like a stunned mullet, none the wiser, still browsing, looking at the shelves. Deciding what they're going to have for dinner. <laughs> or other times they'll be with their trolley but in the middle. Again, like if you're browsing with your trolley, go to a side so that one lane can operate around you. Just it happens all the time. I, <laughs> Do you know, uh, I think I might be that person with my basket, like like daydreaming while I'm looking I at hate different you. types That's, of tomato sauce. No. Stick to the left. You should always have your peripherals open. But like as soon as I see someone, I'm straight away moving. It's just that I'm not necessarily like looking around to see if someone's But this coming. was like so obvious. People are queuing up surrounding this person and they are just oblivious. I felt like saying, open your eyes. Oh, same as people when you're lining up for something that stand really close behind you and it just makes me feel uneasy. I turn around, I'm like, are you trying to steal something from my bag? And then like, 
the line moves up and I'm like reluctant to take a step because they're just going to immediately take a big stride. And I'm like, it's not big enough of a step for you to move up. Like it's a shuffle and they are up my ass. The opposite in when you're driving and there's like a traffic jam, I don't go right up the car in front of me's ass because you're not meant to. If someone hits you from behind and you run into the one in front, it's still your fault. So I leave a little bit of a gap, except that who do you think people push in when they want to push in? In front of me, because there's always a bigger gap than everyone else. I'm like, God damn it. Rookie mistake. Yeah. Like Sydney has hardened me. I went back to Canberra and I was like, oh, my driving has changed. (laughs) Like I'm so much more of a city driver now because you just kind of have to be. You get taken advantage of. Okay. I have one. This is a bit like more tongue in cheek, but my God, this drives me mad. I want to know if you've heard it. I haven't heard anyone else talk about it, but it's huge. This tends to be only Americans. I don't know if it's a particular subset of Americans. I don't know enough about the different places. Oh, I know exactly what you're going to say. I know exactly what you're going to say. Have I told you before? No, I have witnessed it myself oh, too. Oh, my goodness. You're going to say whenever. Oh, my God. It drives I me knew mad. It. I knew Using it. Using the word whenever when you actually mean the word when and they're not the same thing. I looked up the definition because I was actually like, is it me who's wrong or is it me? No, no it's not. It's the Americans. It's not all Americans. It tends to be women, I have noticed, but mostly just Americans. It's a TikTok thing, I think, is where it's coming up for me, but I wonder if it's like across the board. They'll be like, whenever I went to the grocery store. But they're actually talking about yesterday. They're not talking about in general when I, yeah. <laughs> I moved out whenever I was 16. What do you mean whenever you were 16? Do you mean when you were 16? Whenever is not a thing that makes sense in that context. It drives me nuts. It is really widespread. I watch a lot of TikTok and multiple creators I see it on. Yeah, to the point that I got to be like, are they teaching that in school or something? Or is it just slang that's become so normal that people think it's normal. And I get that like I've seen all these linguists on TikTok and everything. They're like, this is how language changes. People change the way they use things and then it becomes normal. And like a lot of the words that we have now are not used in the original context. It's because people started like butchering them and then it became normal. And like, I get that that's how language works, but I cannot live with this one. We have to kill it. Please, if you are out there, I'm sorry if you're feeling personally attacked, but it is it doesn't make sense. Oh, I have a whole list of these things of like grammar stuff and whatever when people say, but like this one is in its whole other category because it actually confuses me. You could actually have the complete wrong meaning. It actually makes an impact. The difference is like whenever I go to the fish and chip shop, I always order gravy. It means essentially any time I go there, I'm going to get some. Whenever I'm there, I'll get some compared to when I went to the fish and chip shop yesterday, I got assaulted. It's not whenever I go there, I get assaulted. Get that assaulted. means I'm getting assaulted every time I go to the fish and chip shop. That's exactly. insane. Like, call exactly. the police. Are you all right? But if it's an isolated incident, it's whenever when. I went to the fish and chip shop yesterday, and you're like, whenever yesterday? That doesn't fucking make sense. I feel like people are going to be mad at that. That's No, I don't care. There's the door if you are going to get mad about it. It's not <laughs> oh right. Oh, my God. It's not Savage. Right. It's a grievance, Savage. Emma, and I'm not okay with it. Grievance. Okay, I need to think of another grievance. I have one. And this relates to what you said before about me being a researcher. And this is partly my fault. This has been like a genuine like light bulb moment 
of me reflecting on my life and working out that this is something that, first of all, annoys me and that I haven't noticed that until now. I haven't been aware of that until now. And also I've kind of created this problem a little bit or like I contribute to it. I'm going to call it brain pickers. I've talked about this probably because I've been like forming these thoughts. Because I happen to be good at researching things, people ask me instead of doing it themselves. And I get it because in a world where you've just bought a new TV and you've compared all the models and I'm about to buy a new TV, I'm like, you probably have information that's very easily accessible to you versus the effort that it would take for me to get that same level of information is a lot harder. So there's like a difference in effort between the two of us. It's very easy for you and it's very hard for me. So I'll just ask you, except that People extend this into things where it's actually not easy for me. And I don't know the answer because I haven't bought a TV, but they ask me to do the thing. TV is probably not a good example, but this happens a lot at work. And often it's because I do know the answer a lot of times to easy things, but someone will come to me with a problem that they have pretty much done nothing about in order to investigate or look into what the options might be or look literally anywhere for any resources. And it gives to me this idea of, well, I've tried nothing and I'm all out of ideas. <laughs> and they they just essentially like, well, it's the easiest thing to do is just to ask Sarah. Yeah. So I kind of think of it as like, you're outsourcing your brain's work to my brain because it's easier for you to make my brain do the work. And I actually... T- Look, if I do know the answer, we're not talking about those situations. It's where I don't know the answer. And like, I'm going to have to work it out from scratch just like you would. We have the same level of hard of working this problem out. And you've also done nothing so far to help get the problem to a point where, okay, you're stuck, you need help, whatever. It drives me mad. And I've created this problem because I used to just say, okay, yep, let me take it on. Whereas I now am being a lot more honest when ah, I don't know what to do. And if the person's like, okay, no worries, and they go off and fix it, sometimes they might actually just be checking if I knew in order to do the next step and, oh, okay, if Sarah doesn't know, well, then I'm going to go solve the problem. Yeah. But instead of me thinking that they're checking, I just took it on for them thinking that they were making me solve the problem. So I I do contribute to this. It's good you can recognise that. Yeah, totally. So I've started being a little bit more like, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. Sorry. And if they then say, hey, I need help. Cool. Well, let's work on it together. But my initial response is just going to be the truth. That speaks to the wider mental load and weaponized incompetence that a lot of people face in relationships, unfortunately. And it's always going to be better if you say to someone, hey, I'm really struggling with how to do this. I've already tried this or I already thought of this, but I thought of that roadblock, but that people are more willing to help when they can go, ah, you've used your brain. You've come to some roadblocks instead of just, what do we do about this? And it's like, sometimes people come with stuff and it's like, have you even like they get an email or an inquiry or something that has come up or an error message or something. And it's like, you actually haven't even read the thing properly at all. That's like you've completely skipped like 15 steps and just come straight to me to make me fix it. This is why I feel like you're like, no, no, zero brain power is going onto this. There's an error. No brain, not reading, refuse. Sarah, it drives me insane to be like, okay, at the very least you could read what it says. You could at least read it. On a lighter note though, 
That's totally me when I'm with my big sisters, like no thoughts, <laughs> smooth brain. Smooth if brain. If I'm in an airport with my sisters, if I'm travelling somewhere, I'm with my sisters. Why would I think about that? She's basically like tethered to one of us who's making all the decisions and you just get to follow along. You know, like that meme that's like me going to do errands or whatever and my girlfriend wants to come along and it's like, da, 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 da. Yeah, that's me. And I love it because there are not that many benefits to being the youngest child. So I'm going to... (laughs) So I'm going to lap up what I can. And one of them is having two people who have already been through this life before me who've worked shit out that I haven't. So I'm going to get taken along for the ride. That is the benefit. That is the whole benefit. Exactly. So I'm going to lap that up. Why would I use my brain? Well, what are the benefits of being the oldest? Riddle me that. Well, you get to try everything first. You got to do cool things when I was the younger one that wasn't allowed. I got to do eight appropriate things. <laughs> Amazing. Wow, that's incredible. <sighs> and actually I got stopped from doing things because you were younger and you, no, we can't do it without Emma. I had to go to little kids' birthday parties for so much longer than was appropriate. Oh, I just thought of one. You know what? You got a Santa sack until you were freaking oh, 28 true. years old. <laughs> and I haven't had a Santa sack since I was probably 14. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, there that's you true. go. You had a Santa sack for a very long time. I actually asked my partner if he could get me a Santa sack this year full of little trinkets and things because I feel robbed. You should do it for each other. Yeah, we're going to because I feel robbed of the little amount of Santa sack time I got. And also train him early to not be one of those dads who's like, Oh, I have no idea what's in the Santa sacks. One thing that is not a grievance is my partner and his gift buying abilities. He's on it. He buys clothes. He buys swimmers. He nails it every time. Blessed. Almost like he pays attention to you and what you say. Funny that. (laughs) Funny that. I can always tell though, he's not very stealthy. Like I'll bring something home that I've bought and he'll be like, oh, that's nice. Where's it from? What size is that? Cool. And then I'm like in my head, he's taking note to so nice. know where I shop. Yeah, it is nice. He, the next Joel. thing he can work on is like being more subtle and like doing a bit more research. Well, have we done with all the grievances? I feel lighter already, honestly. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Oh, we haven't even covered like bad job search advice. Well, let me tell you a little story about the reason that I have filmed that ranty little TikTok about like being so frustrated. People have this tendency to think that they know how to do stuff because they've done it for themselves before. And I get it. It's a hustle. I respect the hustle of like, I have a CV, therefore I can help other people write their CV. I get it. But people become career coaches with that background and they don't educate themselves or follow actual reputable creators or people who know what they're doing or learn about how the recruitment world works and they decide to give out advice to other people very emphatically too, or just create content about those things. So maybe they're not giving one-on-one advice, but they're just creating content. And the thing is, is that it's very popular content because it's clickbaity. And I think that's the case with most kind of sections of the world. Like if you were looking at like science or like anything that was complicated, the clickbaity stuff is going to miss out so much detailed, nuanced information that it's going to be wrong. Like it's going to be like, oh, you're directionally right, but you know, that's not the full story or whatever. And 
So I think that that's the case for a lot of different industries, but it also so happens that job search is one of those things that it's very personal and it's very emotional and it's so opaque. People don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Unless you have someone who knows or you listen to us or you whatever, you have no idea what's going on and you can hear radio silence back from jobs and get rejected and you just don't know. So when someone tells you, hey, this is the reason, this is the hack, this is the secret, it's really attractive for you to cling on to that. And also when someone says, hey, it's this recruiter's fault that you're not getting through, here's the secret, here's the reason. It feels good because you can pinpoint it It to something. It does and it feels like, oh, this is the answer. Whereas we kind of say, oh, well, you know, there is no answer. You don't know why. You can't tell. That's not very satisfying. It's not. No, Like It's easier to be like, this is the reason, this is the secret. So it's catchy. But I came across a sponsored ad. This was like This company had paid money, and I'm not going to call them out because I'm just not. This company had paid money to target this ad to job seekers. And the reason I was getting it is because we search up stuff for our episodes or whatever. So, I'd obviously thought that I was interested in job search. And it said basically something like, your resume is probably not even being seen by a human. It's ending up at the bottom of the pile. But don't worry, we have a resume template or book a call or get our resume services. It was directly selling something at the same time as it was saying, there's a robot rejecting you. You know, nobody's ever seeing a resume. Now we've done a couple of episodes about the ATS and the applicant tracking systems and what they are and what they do. And we talked about, you know, there's certain things that you do need to have so that it can be passed into the system. It doesn't reject you. It's not some superhuman, like recruiters do it themselves. And if you need more on that, like write us in and we'll do a more detailed episode. But I was really curious and I was like, right, who are these people? What's their business? Do they have a background in recruitment? I'm always really curious. Same with people who reach out to come on the show. I'm like, have you ever been a recruiter or an HR person? If not, I don't want our listeners to hear from you ever. I don't care how good you are or even if you have educated yourself. You might have said something one day that's completely bullshit and I can't go through all of your content. Be tied to that. Yeah, like because you've got no background. Whereas at least if you've got a background and we disagree, it's probably because we just genuinely disagree about stuff. It's not because you're being ignorant. And so I did some research and then I found on that company's LinkedIn, this person had posted saying, we get a lot of people who are scared about the ATS and you don't need to be scared about it and here's what it really does. And I was like, they're scared because of you. They're scared because of you. You're literally the one who's doing this to them. I've never been so shocked. And I did comment. I didn't like, you know, post it on our platform or take them down or whatever, but I did comment being like, because I was just completely gobsmacked by how can you be so hypocritical? Anyway, so that's my little rant about that. I don't want to go out there and pick fights on the internet. There's plenty of other recruiters who do. And honestly, like, thank you for your service. Truly, I go on there and like their things and I support their comments and things, but I don't want to be that person who picks fights on the internet. My anxious heart can't handle it when someone comes back to me and is like, yeah, but I know because of this. It makes me doubt myself, even though I know I'm right. Like it makes me think, oh, maybe they are right. Maybe it just, I can't handle it. So I'm not going to be the person who picks the fights, but we're just going to be here sending you the right advice. And if you want to know what is the right thing, listen to our podcast. Remember what we say. If they're telling you there's a secret, if they're selling you something, if they're saying this is the one way you have to do it, run. Be very afraid. 
Absolutely. We could go on and on. Do we want to end with like what's something that's been making our lives better? We've been grievancing all over the place and like what's a nice little thing that we're enjoying at the moment? Little happiness in the world. Our mum just got a puppy named Rosie and I love her so much and I've been going over there and visiting her all the time and she's bringing me so much joy. What does Vivian think about this? You're a cat woman. I know. I did say to Joel the other day, I feel bad because I came home after playing with Rosie who was so like active and intense and I was like, Rosie's kind of making me feel like Viv's a bit (gasps) boring now. No. But it was just a moment of thinking that and then I realised that that's why I love her because she's boring and low maintenance and I couldn't handle the dog. And like it's fun to go and visit a puppy and then you leave it. Exactly, exactly. So I still love my cat, love her so much. That's been a big one. Summer, longer nights. We have daylight savings over here so like it doesn't get dark until like 8.30 or 9, which is nice, makes me feel like I've got more day. How about you? I have gotten really into colouring in. (laughs) Yeah, you have. You've been colouring in the cutest little puffin cats. Oh, it's just, for those who know, if you know, you know, the Bobby Goods colouring books, I managed to secure one in their most recent restock and it sold out within like a few hours. But I was there waiting. I had an alarm set. I was ready. I got straight in on that. And you can download some pages if you didn't get one or they're sold out or whatever. But like not using colored pencils, like coloring in with colored pencils is ridiculous. You need like the alcohol markers. Oh my goodness. I'm not a very artsy person. That scratches something in your brain. It's just, it does. It does. And it really takes me back to like being a kid. It's so relaxing. And like, I don't like those very complicated adult coloring books with like tiny, tiny little leaves all over the page and like a mandala. It's my idea of it's too much and I can never finish it and I'm like bored as soon as I sit down. And you don't get that satisfied feeling. Yeah. I like colouring in more childish type scenes like cartoons and stuff. Has to have thick lines. Has to have thick lines. If there's a thin line colouring book, no, ew, straight in the bin. Has to have thick lines in it so that it's easy to like colour in the lines. And it has to have like, <laughs> this is going to sound weird, but things that have a colour Like I don't want to make up what colour it is. It's stressful. And then I don't know how to make a nice colour palette. It's too hard. I want to colour in like a train and it's going to be red, you know, like I want to colour in an ice cream and it's like, ooh, is it an orange? Like there's certain colours that would make sense for that to be. So, yeah, that's my recommendation. If you need a little bit of a new hobby, have a look at Bobby Goods colouring books and alcohol markers. You can get it all on Amazon. Thank you for joining us for the airing of the grievances. Comment below if you're listening on Spotify in the poll. Tell us your grievances. Tell us if you laughed in this episode. Tell us what you liked. (laughs) Or if we grievanced against you accidentally. I'm sorry. Yeah, if you are now going to stop saying whenever, let us know. If you're a grocery shopping person who stands in the middle of the aisle. Who stands in the aisle, let us know that you'll do better. And we can't wait to be back rejuvenated in January, ready to help you kick those 2024 goals. It's been such a huge year for us. And I think next year is going to be even bigger. We have some very exciting announcements coming. We do. And it's only the start. We can't wait to get bigger and better and help more people 
and keep fighting this good fight. All of the people who recommend us and who we've helped, like it's just, it it keeps us going and we have grown so much this year and I'm so excited to see what we do next year. We've already got so many exciting things planned. It's going to be better than ever. So if you are hanging around still listening to this, I'm not going to do my normal outro, but stay tuned. Look after yourself these holidays, whether you celebrate Christmas or not. I hope you take the last you know, couple of weeks of the end of the year to rest, recover. If you need to, take a break from the search. Come back fresh in the new year. And we'll be in your ears to support you the whole way. We'll be back in your ears in Jan. See you next year. <laughs> I'm that person. See you next year. Hear you next year. Hear me next year. We've been your job search besties and helped you in some way. There's a cool way you can support the show. Shout us a virtual coffee. We get a huge kick out of reading all of your success stories. Head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash interview boss and shout us a cuppa. If you keep us caffeinated, we can keep the content coming. <laughs>